Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Welcome to This Week Health Conference. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to leveraging the power of community to propel healthcare forward. Today, we have an interview in action from the fall conferences on the West Coast. Here we go. All right, here we are at the health conference. We're doing an interview in action and someone who I've wanted to interview for a long time, Dr. David Rue, the Global Chief Medical Officer for Microsoft. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the discussion. We're talking, there's there's so many things going on in healthcare right now. I, I, the pace, so I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system, but the pace at which we're moving right now is really unbelievable. I was just talking to Doug King from uh, Northwestern Medicine, and we were sort of comparing notes of just how fast AI is moving in healthcare. It seems to be at almost an unprecedented pace. I agree. We're definitely seeing a lot of excitement. There's huge opportunity. But there's also a lot of problems that we have in healthcare. So it's a great opportunity for us to apply the AI and try to solve those problems. What's possible? I mean, it's, it's interesting because we've had AI for a long time, right? So we've been doing OCR and NLP, and we've been doing all sorts of algorithm-based clinical decision support for a long time. What's possible now that wasn't possible, say, three years ago? So one of the real exciting things was when we started thinking about in deep learning, the neural networks, the ability to anticipate that next word or that next concept. But what we have realized was that when we had very large networks of information like the internet, we could uncover knowledge. So that was where we started realizing generative AI has a huge opportunity. But what made it really interesting was when we put that natural language interface in front of it. So any person, could be a healthcare professional, could be consumer, could ask a query the GPT and be able to get a response back in a natural language way that they could understand it. And that allowed us to democratize that knowledge so that anyone anywhere could start doing things that they couldn't have envisioned. Not just pulling information and extracting it, but summarizing information, being able to present it in ways that they couldn't have envisioned, like in code. That has just changed the whole concept of what's possible. Yeah, and it just seems oh. like, it seems like it was Thanksgiving of last year, all of a sudden, everybody, you're going to a party and everybody's talking about this. And I, I think about the use cases within healthcare. I think about the ICU nurse who has to pull together all these notes and make sense of them and create a, a common working framework for everybody who's gonna be working on that patient. Those are the kind of things that like GPT and OpenAI kind of solution does really well. It summarizes all this information and puts it in a, an understandable form. That's right. It, I, I like to think, think of it in terms of three things. One, being able to pull information from different sources that oftentimes it takes a human to do, maybe spend minutes or a little bit longer to do that type of work. So that's a very manual process. Synthesizing it, organizing it in such a way that we can actually understand it, and then presenting it back in that format that is necessary. In some cases, it's parsing it out and putting it into discrete fields. Other cases, it's actually creating a clinical note. Other cases, it might be actually be trying to reorganize this into a format that could be presented back to a patient. I mean, this is just incredible now that we have the ability to do all three of those things 
very seamlessly with AI technology that is at our disposal. And multiple languages. Multiple languages at your grade level and with empathy. Yeah, I, I want to talk about, we'll, we'll start with clinicians, then I want to go to patients, and then I want to talk about adoption. How do we, in both of those cases, but let's talk about clinicians. So Microsoft Nuance came together a little while ago. We're now changing the paradigm. It used to be when you went to Nuance, you ended up with a fair number of transcriptionists. Now that you were essentially hiring scribes, but now we're not doing that anymore. So DAX Copilot, rebranded, is really, is using AI to give almost that same experience. Yeah, we, we believe that the AI technology is going to remove a lot of that administrative workload that somebody has to do. Traditionally, it's been clinicians because it was very complicated to understand and required somebody who understood that context to be able to put that into the node or put that into the fields. And we now realize that this can be a great assistant. And so that's why we call it co-pilot because it really is an assistant to that individual doing these very complicated tasks. We're going to come back to that co-pilot design concept because I think when we talk about adoption, it's really interesting. On, on the other side of this wall, we heard about bringing all the data together and what's possible. Now, we, in healthcare, we've brought all the data together before, but it was never harmonized, and 80% of it was sort of locked up in unstructured notes. Are, are we starting to unlock that, that data? Absolutely. That's one of the real exciting things that we're talking about. Being able to take advantage of the fact that we have now an ability to bring different types of data sets together, electronic health record, imaging, genomics, remote patient monitoring data, put that in a way that, in a one lake, that allows us to be able to have information readily at hand, to be able to curate that, to be able to run the AI off of that. And what we struggle with today is the fact that oftentimes we have limited data sets and we are only able to make information available related to a specific domain, maybe just images. But without context, you can't really generate the AI and the insights that are necessary. So we need to have that combination of multimodal data in combination with the AI to, to, to make that truly effective. What does this mean for researchers? Oh, it's incredible. For researchers, there's so many great applications. First of all, having the platform that allows us to be able to pull all this information together use the ability to have OMOP analytics and be able to take the observational data and apply that on top of it, convert that to fire as well. It changes the whole paradigm of clinical information, research information, and all the ways that we can now manage that. We have the ability with generative AI to start thinking about how we change the research process. And a lot of researchers, it's a very manual process. They're extracting information from different sources. They are generating hypotheses. They're learning and pivoting based on that. What we have an ability to do is be able to pull information from different sources. It could be published literature, could be other trials, be able to organize and help the, the clinicians and the researchers now think ahead, generate new hypotheses, and then from there, be able to move quickly and faster than they've ever done before. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years of This Week Health, we have partnered with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long with a goal of raising $50,000 from our community. We've already achieved that goal and we've exceeded that goal by $5,000. So we're up over $55,000 for the year. We wanna blow through that number. We ask you to join us. Hit our website in the top right-hand column, you're gonna see a logo for the Lemonade Stand. Go ahead and click on that to give today. We believe in the generosity of our community and we thank you in advance. Now, back to our show. 
before. You know, I, I do want to talk about adoption. We recently had an AI webinar, and we had Stanford, UCSD, and UNC. These are three, they're out there on the cutting edge of at least using generative AI in the EHR and those kind of things. One of the participants talked about the fact that they're doing the notes, everybody's doing the notes, where it auto-generates the notes, and they said in 75% of the cases, the doctor just goes in and deletes it. It's, it may have been accurate, it may have been, but it's, it's still a comfort. Like, how do we, how are we gonna bring people along? How are we gonna make them comfortable that the technology can support them and make their job easier? Yeah, and, and I don't anticipate these technologies being used 100% of the time by every individual. Uh, but if we're able to alleviate some of that administrative workload in certain use cases and make their lives easier, that's what we're really looking for. And so it's not about everyone has to use the AI technology. It's about, is it helpful? And if so, let's continue to use it and make it better. Well, the, the interesting thing in the same breath, it was of the people who are using it, it's saving them close to 30 minutes a day. Oh, that's incredible. And you're sitting there going, well, you would think that they would talk to the other physicians who are just leading it. It's, well, but there's it, change management, right? I mean, every you have to hear from your peers. It's like, hey, why are you getting out of work so early? And it's like, well, I've got this new technology that's really helping me. Maybe I should give it a go. And I think a lot of it has to do with just socializing and making sure people understand that this is working and that I should try it. So you were, you were just speaking with the team from Duke, and it struck me. I was talking to some people the other day, and I said, how would you feel if you sent a note to your clinician and you got a response back and at the bottom it said, this note was generated by fill in the blank, some AI algorithm, how would you feel about that? Well, as long as there was an opportunity for me to know that this was helping the clinician to respond back and it had the information that I needed, I personally would be fine with that. But I, you know, I guess the question is if you are given that understanding that you, you needed information and your, your doctor or your clinician needed some assistance to pull that and summarize wow. it, that'd be fine. It, it was interesting that the people I was talking to said, look, as long as it says, hey, this was reviewed by my physician, yeah. and, but it was generated in this way, they're like, look, I don't care if they use a computer, I don't care if they use a calculator, I don't care if they use, I expect mm -hmm. them to use the tools that make them the most effective That's right. that they possibly can be. So, Recently, Satya was on the stage at UGM, right. which is no small deal. I don't remember ever seeing a, another partner up there on that stage. Where do you see that partnership, that relationship going in terms of some of the platform that Microsoft is showcasing here and the things that obviously Epic has access to so many clinicians? Yeah, well, one of the things that we believe is that the technology needs to be workflow compatible. And when you think about clinical workflows, Epic and EHRs are a very important part of that process. And now that Epic is embracing the AI technologies and building it directly into their systems to make them better, I think they made several announcements, not only with about DAX, DAX Express or DAX Copilot as being one, but they talked about the auto note generation for the inbox, the ability for them to use, apply generative AI for the analytics of the slicer dicer. There's a whole series of areas that they're looking to build AI. It's going to make the experience a lot better, more efficient for those using the Epic system. And we're excited to partner with Epic to improve that experience for everyone using the system that they have. I want to, so Sasha on stage talked about the perfect machine. Were, were you at the at UGM? Uh, no, I, I missed that one. The perfect machine, he's probably talked about it elsewhere, but natural language front end, That's right. reasoning engine, co-pilot design construct, and he really emphasized that co-pilot design construct 
And I think they talked a little bit about cars. We're okay as long as there's someone sitting in the seat. We're still not comfortable the car driving itself with like everybody in the backseat. Talk about how important uh, you even named Dax co-pilot. Okay. I assume there's a reason that's- Absolutely. It is a firm belief that we have that now with the natural language interface and the powerful reasoning engine in the back end that we have the capability to do so many important things but it's in the context of helping the individual do their job better, which is the co-pilot. And that's the reason why there was a change from Dex Express to Dex Co-Pilot. This is gonna be my final question. Are we at the Star Trek moment where we're gonna walk into an exam room and say, hey computer, give me the vitals for this patient the last time they were in and it's all gonna come back? I mean, we're, we're at that point, aren't we? We have the capabilities to do that, yes. And the question is really about refining it, making sure that we put in the processes to enable people to take full advantage of it. That means making it workflow compatible, making sure that we put in governance around all AI, and making sure that people know about it. David, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conference. I love hearing from people on the front lines. It is phenomenal that you shared your wisdom and experience with the community, and we greatly appreciate it. We also want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are CDW, Rubric, Sectra, and Trellix. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.